10 second bullshit because this is not my room. It feels different. Yeah, it feels more professional, doesn't it? A little bit. I like the big TV right here. It's cool. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that yeah. fucking awesome? We should get a big t- television. And we're going to invest in just a large monitor. <laughs> just so that we're comfortable when we do because <laughs> uh, This is the opening. So technically, they're hearing this first after the interview. They're, they're hearing this before the interview. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never so, done that opening. This I mean, you gotta, weird. you gotta. St- I mean, so we'll start on me just saying, "And hey, welcome to For Film Sake." Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at the very, very beginning. I know. Okay. All right, guys. Welcome back to the For Film Sake podcast. We are in episode fourteen. This is Brian Archie and Chris Lucky, and we are at fucking episode fourteen. Fourteen. And we're, is, we're recording this episode at the Art Institute. Yeah, we're doing this at our, our clu- in our school and our in my favorite classroom. Really, it feels really cool. I got like a view. I'm sitting in like the, the teacher's desk, and I got like a view mm-hmm. of like the fucking fountain behind like behind the school yeah and i i just feel very spe- very like how to say it spoiled On top of the world <laughs> yeah i feel very spoiled right now yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been awesome uh we just finished talking to a professor uh lon Baumgartner. yeah oh yeah uh we had a pretty good interview with him we got some interesting sound bites out of him yeah uh you know just about like filmmaking and and mm-hmm. what he's done in his life he's a pretty accomplished guy oh yeah he's done it he's done a lot Yes. And he's pretty humble about it, but he really does have a wealth of information and knowledge. Oh, yeah. Um, that it's, it's hard to, like, tackle anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were super happy that we got a chance to, to catch up with him and sort of talk to him on a more, on a less classroom, yeah, classroomy yeah. basis. Yeah. Uh, it felt pretty good. It did. I liked it a lot. It yeah. was a really good interview. And uh, I like the fact that we're having guests now. Like, yeah. people are coming into our podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan texted me today. His episode came out the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And he texted me today. It's like, oh, dude, let me know what you're talking about in the next four weeks. I think I want to be on another podcast. I bet he does. He, but damn right. You'll he does. never be on again. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never fucking be on again. Poor fucking Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think it's good that, that people are wanting to come over and people yeah. are listening. And it, it just feels, it feels very special, honestly, yeah. the fact cool. that, that we can do this. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit of a sentimental feeling. We're only in episode 14, mm-hmm. so who the fuck knows what's going to happen by the time we hit episode 30 or 50. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll fucking cry at episode 50. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Why not? I'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so let's catch up. You and I, what, what, what have you been up to? Uh, in the week, um, I went to, the, to a party. Uh, the party didn't matter. It wasn't so much the party. <laughs> it was the, um, the, the thought that I got from it. With the, all right, all right. There's a game called Taboo. Please enlighten me. If um, For any of the listeners that have never heard of Taboo, basically um, you have a game where you're playing with three to however many people, and you split it up into two teams. So basically you'll pick a card, and on that card it will say Phoenix. You know, that's right. the word that you want to get your team to guess. You know, they don't have four words underneath that you can't say, like bird or Arizona or anything that is related to Phoenix, basically, you know. So um, so we're, we're, we're about to play this game, and the girls say, well, let's split it up into girls versus guys. You know, right. three girls versus three guys. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to do that because girls are smart, and I don't want to do it, <laughs> you right. know. Here's the thing. Uh, woman... I, 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 I grew up around women, so there's always my book bag just fell. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. So uh, I grew up around women. It's always been a situation where like you're around them mm-hmm. and like everything's fine and everything's equal. But the moment they gang up, oh, you certain yeah. you suddenly feel like 
something is going to happen yep. that you're not going to be okay with. Mm -mm. I mean, one woman, all right, but you don't want to go up against a team of women that are bonded <laughs> together for one collective effort. You don't want that, you know? So so they, they already decided. I mean, it wasn't like it was an arm wrestling thing. If it was right. arm wrestling, if sure, guys versus girls, hell yeah, I'll whoop that ass. You want to go out there play some basketball next? You want to do some wrestling? Like, what do you want to do? Let's go. But are we talking about brain fighting? No, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to go against in a brain fight with men against women. Don't want to do it. I've consistently so. found that all of my female friends are at least two times as smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their intelligence level is off, off the charts. I mean, it's just like little stupid shit. Like they had a word that was uh, maple, and you know you can't say tree and syrup or anything like that. She's uh -huh. like, you know when you go in the grocery store and they have different kinds of bacon? Oh, maple bacon! Like, who the, oh, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> right. Women, women, exactly. <laughs> Coming up with maple bacon. You know, but but here's, here's the, uh, the conundrum, though. Yeah. All right, so... We're sitting there, and then it was like, okay, so who gets to go first? I'm so excited. <laughs> who gets to go first, men or women? Who yeah. gets to go first? And then one of the guys was like, oh, we should just let them go first. Now, mm -hmm. I've already established they're smarter than us. Right. All the guys we already know, they're smarter than us, and we're about to play a fucking brain game. You know, and you want to go ahead and give them the first pick. It's like it's like it's me going against fucking uh, Barry Bonds in a home run competition, and this motherfucker is juiced up and hitting a thousand RBIs and home runs a game. And you want to give him the first hit? You know Why what? are we doing that? I'm I'm gonna thank you for mentioning that it is a home run competition because mm -hmm. otherwise I would have had no fucking idea. Home runs. Home runs. <laughs> like <I was. laughs> yeah. Barry Bonds is the, the, the guy that hit home runs on steroids. Well, yeah. basically, yeah, that's what these, these women are in comparison to us guys. I'm like, why are we giving them the, the first pick? And, there was, and the girl was like, well, it's chivalrous, you know? Just be chivalrous. I'm like, that is not in the name of equality. I didn't feel like that was equal. Like, I, I'm all about equality, you know, from gender, race, everything across right. the board. Like, that's all. I, I go to sleep, wake up. I, I mean, I... That's my biggest thing that I think about is equality yeah. across the board. You know, and when I when I want things to be that equal, then that I'm just a dick. It looks like <laughs> you know that I just come off as a dick when I want things to be equal instead. It's like of, the white friend. It's like the white guy saying that he's got a black friend, so he's not racist. Is that that net effect? Mm. So you try to be so equal that you turn back around into being kind of a dick. I don't get that, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. Well, anyway, it's going. Cool. <laughs> I mean, you want me to explain this shit? Yes, yes, I do. All right, listen. Uh, equality is one of those things. Uh, people say that we want to be totally equal. But we're never going to be fucking totally nope. equal. That's not going to happen. Never. And I think that it would actually be it would fuck up the dynamic of like mm -hmm. being a human. Yeah. Uh, just because the inherent differences and whatever and the cultural value that we place upon women and what mm -hmm. all this shit. And uh, but uh, I don't know when you try to be too equal when you would when. There's a there's a threshold when you try to be too anything. Mm. You you start out being kind of a dick about it because you don't understand it. You sort of get it. And then you go like, all right, I get this. I want to implement this in every aspect of my life. Equality. And then when you okay. implement that in every aspect of your life, there's a point where I, I guess people just aren't used to it. Mm. So they start perceiving you as a bit of a dick because you're doing this so hard. Uh, like, for example, if, if, you, if you were say, you're saying equality... I mean, but it's, like, not a recent thing. It's birth, like, always, yeah. you know? And that's, like, my personality. I don't yeah. think my personality has changed between me and you since the first day I met you. Yeah, Never no, changed, so you know? I mean, it's just that's – I push it, and it's just – it makes me feel like a bit of a dick or an asshole yeah. when it's just like, why don't you just give the girls what they want? Like, why? that's not equal. Why don't you just give me what I want? Like, because that's not equal. You know what I'm saying? Here's it's the thing. Like, I, just, I just think that, you, that you, you enjoy the idea of equality so much mm -hmm. that for you it's not a concept. For you it's kind of like a, like, a, like a structure. It is. It's like, it it's is. like a house. Mm -hmm. And for me, equality is like a blueprint. Mm 
Mm. You know, mm. I can be, I can, I'm all for equality. Yeah. Let's build this shit. But you understand that house cannot be built. But I, not only <laughs> that, but I, not, yeah. not that exactly. I understand that the house is going to be built and it's going to be remodeled for 20 fucking years mm. until like someone finally settles on it and then they move away. And say from it's the good house. enough. This yeah. equality is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best we're going to get. That's yeah. pretty much like they're going to build a living room and then someone, some fucking asshole industrial designer is going to come in and it's going to go like, ah, well. Maybe they get paid enough. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, fuck, I got to adjust that, mm-hmm. pay them right. And then you're like, okay, good. Now we got equal payment. All right, mm. let's not be an asshole to women about abortions and their productive rights. Mm. And I was like, all right, fuck, then I got to change the fucking bathroom again. So th- I, like, I'm, I'm open to the idea of like the, the structure of the house being mm. constantly changing, like some fucking Hogwarts building. Okay. Uh, but I think that, that you've set your foundation in concrete. It's very much concrete, yeah. And, and your house is like, if a hurricane comes over, Mm. Current, the hurricane's going to stop its stow and fucking flip the house off. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. or completely tear. Like, if one part of that structure of the house is taken away, the mm. whole house collapses. Right. At any point in the house, the whole yeah. thing falls to pieces. And I can't allow that, you know? <laughs> I, I, think that I think that the main difference, because we're pretty, we're pretty much the same person mm. uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of, like, beliefs and, and sort of mm. views. Sure. But the way that we address them is so, so, so different. Oh, yeah. Um, cause I don't, I know I grew up like a, I grew up a sort of a pacifist, not a really stubborn. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> you grew up as a pacifist. So I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I grew up as a sort of like a pacifist. Everyone in my family was pretty relaxed. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I found uh, like I turned 17 that I realized, oh shit, my family kind of hates gay people. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta be careful with that shit now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know. I grew up pretty passively and comfortable. My dad doesn't really give a shit about things that don't affect him directly. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I grew. So like, when something happens, like, like something, someone brushes over a new concept like equality. I go mm. like, all right, well, that's equality. It's cool. Mm. Uh, I, I can go buy it. Mm. And then I just kind of like ad- adapt, like absorb it, like a fucking amoeba. Mm. And then I just move on. And then I never look at it again until I have to reevaluate it. Mm. That's kind of like my my fucking thing about life. Life is just like a whole bunch of concepts that I'm going to adopt and then mm-hmm. I'm going to like get rid of one and then I'm going to adopt another one and mm-hmm. I'm going to get rid of one. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like re, re not reimagining but sort of reexamining the whole idea yeah. behind everything that I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the main difference. Like you you've stuck to your you have your belief and you stick to it mm-hmm. and until until something that's like drastic enough or powerful enough to it, shake it. Oh yeah. Then that belief is going to be that belief. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I have a foundation of a lots of other beliefs I mean on, on in this um and what I'm talking about here. In this meta- metaphorical house. Yeah, <laughs> in this metaphorical built. house. You know, <laughs> lots of layers. And there's a foundation here. But I actively lo- look for truth. Right. Actively. You know, I want you to prove me wrong all the time. And yeah. that's where you can come off as a dick at some t- sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very odd. But, um, but that, that was just a question. Can, can chivalry and gender equality exist at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. I think they can. How, though? Like, I, I think that uh, Lon, actually, we're talking to this about him. I mm-hmm. think you summarized it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's saying, like, uh, you're not admitting that they're unequal. Mm-hmm. You're admitting that they have some kind of trait that you find special and mm-hmm. unique and that you like them. Yeah. And then, you know, you're just being a nice person. And then you, you acknowledge that sort of specialness. I mean, yeah. And then they acknowledge your specialness. And then you go on and then you fuck and then you live together for a while and then you have a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I just wanted you know, to end it on a note that made me sound like a bit of an asshole. No, no, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, because, I mean, mm. if, if I if I live by that that structure and that foundation of equality or nothing, mm. then I'd never have a girlfriend. I would have never gotten laid ever, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that, that equality shit does not work with women. Like, uh, well, you will go ahead and split the bill. I'm not holding the door open for you. Find <laughs> your own way home. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, for me, interactions are interactions. Mm. So for me, I don't really have an agenda as to, like, who I'm interacting with. Mm. I just like if I'm gonna interact with someone, I'm just talking to them. It depends Granted, on what though. I but, but it doesn't sometimes. If you're at, if you're at, if you're in line at McDonald's, you want a burger, so you're gonna tell them. I mean, it's like you have an agenda yeah. in conversations. I feel like you have to. Right, right. But I, I not every not every interaction that I have. Not everyone. Complements no. like an agenda or mm, some sort of everyone. thought like that. Mm. So for me, it's like I just like I don't talk to very many people. Mm. I'm a pretty social loner. Mm. I talk to like five people a day. Okay. Really, and. One, you're one of them, and the other ones are people that I see th- throughout the school pretty yeah. much all the time. Yeah. So I, I, as someone that doesn't particularly care much about the social construct of things, mm. I treat every interaction the same way. Mm. Uh, for me, the concepts of like equality and like you know the the gay rights and so mm. for me, they all just seem kind of obvious. It, they are. Yeah. yeah, but for some people, they're not. No, I agree. Yeah. And Absolutely. for me, they just seem really, really fucking obvious, and because they're so obvious. I don't question them, and I just kind of like take them as the as how they exist, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing, really. Mm. Mm. So you know, I'm I'm just uh, how do you say it? I'm not. I don't want to say naive or gullible, but mm. I am a little bit more sort of open. Open, yeah. I guess open would be it. Like it's easy to like fuck me up if you want to. Mm. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. There, there will be zero chance to fuck me up, but I don't leave myself open to experience something bigger than myself if that right. makes sense see for me a lot of things are way bigger than myself yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm like uh, fuck yeah. it yeah. that thing I'm never gonna understand why that thing happened mm. so I'm just gonna not worry about it oh no I'll just sit there <laughs> yeah. for five years and then I'll figure it out and <laughs> then I'll you know and go that's when you else. become the Dalai Lama yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but and, yeah. anyway fucking uh, 13-minute thing someone dropped the mic in the cage yeah the whole 13-minute thing that we're talking about what the fuck happened with taboo <laughs> oh we got our ass kicked yeah. what do you mean what happened we, we played against the girls we gave them the first pick and they proceeded to whoop our ass <laughs> i mean that's what was supposed to happen you know so, so i'm like so why are we being chivalrous to them in the first place like that that's that's what just what brought it up to me in the first place like how was that equality they're better than us and while oh, and because funny. they're girls were given the number one pick now we double lose <laughs> we lost we double twice lose. Like, yeah. We lost socially and in the game. Yes. <laughs> Two losses. That's funny as shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. People are weird. I just talk to six people a day, mm. and then I go home, and I write a thing maybe, mm. then try not to cry at night. But uh, lately, here's a thought that I've been having mm. uh, that's been helping me like laugh at shit a lot more. Yeah. If I go to sleep at night, mm. and then I think about, uh, I feel, if I feel bummed out about anything, yeah. I just think, at least I didn't do heroin today. I'm going to need you to never use that joke again. That's the third time it's been used on this podcast. Really? Yes. That's, there's no way yep. that's been episode, the third time. Episode two, superheroes, and episode seven or eight. What the fuck? Yeah. God, I got to get new material. Um, I'll listen to the podcast a lot. God damn. That's yeah. another thing. The earlier episodes are... Oh, no, I'm, I'm, very, I'm like narcissistic as shit. And it's like, I mean, so it's like, I'll just sit there and listen to my own voice, you know, 
for hours. No yeah. problem at all doing that. I'm like basically on my own keeping this podcast afloat with the uh, the listeners because it's all me. Mm-hmm. It's just me <laughs> listening to every episode <laughs> over and over. I'm joking, but no. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we had a super great long conversation oh, with Vaughn. Yeah. This yeah. episode's not really any film-centric in terms of like we're discussing a movie mm. or whatever. Um, but we had a great, a great chat with Lon. Yeah. And uh, you're going to get to hear that right after the little fucking musical thing that we do. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, hear the music. <laughs> oh. And we're good. All right. I don't, is there any way we can get our, the timer? It's right there. It's in the corner. Bottom left. Nice. All I right. can see it from here. So yeah. good. Cool and the gang. Let's get yeah. it. Do it. Cool and the gang. all right everybody welcome back to the for film sake podcast we are episode 14 14 i am brian archija and this is chris lucky and today we have our guest uh lon bongarner a professor from the art institute yeah we're gonna go over uh some of the things that he's done his career let me throw back the idea of professor is sort of i teach there Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a full-time person there. I'm an adjunct, so it's yeah. it's like I'm, I'm a teacher. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go over some of the stuff this guy's accomplished in his uh, career before we uh, go all the way in here. Uh, first of all, the Charlotte Observer uh, said that you've done more for the city of Charlotte to connect people to Shakespeare over the last three decades than anyone. You've been reading articles again, haven't I you? I sure have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on to say that you're a blend between uh, scholarship and superstition, wisdom and whimsy. And I was like, this fucking guy? <laughs> you know? was like, that was my response, too. <laughs> like, this is great. Who, I'd love to meet this guy. Yeah. Who is this guy? As a, uh, he has two masters, uh, one in fine arts and another in theater production. From, they're both, uh, they're, well, both in fine arts. Yeah, both, one in, uh, they're theater. MFAs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One in acting from uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, mm-hmm. and the other one in film production from USC, mm-hmm. the real USC, the one in California, not the one in Columbia. No South one's going to feel disrespected by that at all. No. You know? there's, there's another USC in South <laughs> Just remember, oh yeah, there's Gamecocks, right? Mm-hmm. So just remember, we dominate the Gamecocks because the USC in California are the Trojans, and mm-hmm. you always have Trojans over Cox. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 you said I could say shit. Like oh, you that. can say anything. I love the ridiculousness um, of sports names in oh, schools. No. Oh, the Gamecocks. Yeah, they just they just get silly at one point. Yeah, like yeah, borderline insane. offensive for like all the greater Redskins. So like, the oh, Gamecocks the Redskins. Too. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I have I have a little tiny little bit of Native American blood in me, you know. And I walk around and I say, "Yeah, American Indians," you know. And they're like, "No, Native Americans." I'm like, "I have, I can, I, you know, I got a little bit. I can say <laughs> <laughs> it's not the N word, okay? We're killing it down here." Yeah. Though, you know? And a few more credits. It also said that you uh, you had a nonprofit theater company that was dedicated to the presentation and admission of free performances, starting in North Carolina. Yeah. That, that was one of the bigger highlights for me. You know, I mean, it's almost like you're putting together, you're, you're just trying to find a, a way to deliver art to the masses and people that can't afford it, you know? Yeah, and there was no, there's nothing here. Still is nothing here. But not. back in 30 years ago when I did this, the idea was is that, there, that the only way that theater was going to be able to, or art, is going to be able to catch on is to actually be able to grab a hold of an audience. Mm-hmm. And audiences are not going to pay, well, at the time, like $15. Now it's more like $25 or $30 to yeah. see something. And let, so give it, give an idea of a free and public theater is not, you know, it's not like my idea. Mm. There's a couple of people who came up with it. So we traveled all the way down to Florida, all the way up to Michigan. And we were the UNC Charlotte had us there. We were the professional theater of UNC Charlotte. 
uh, yeah, we're equity affiliated. So it was a pretty intense. We started with $3,500 in 1984. We ended up with half a million. Wow. Damn. In nice. 1991. Very nice. How was, that, how was the whole experience? How was it uh, running a theater? It's like asking about how was it being war? <laughs> I mean, really, when you're in a position that you, for this, because it was also during, remember, it was during the Reagan administration, and that was a, an attack on the arts, and Jesse Helms was the senator at North Carolina, and he was leading the charge as an attack on the arts. We just talked about the NEA, for example, the National Endowment of the Arts, was mm. being sustem- uh, just kind of ripped to shreds by right. these people. Yeah. So it was a horrible, horrible experience in trying to get money, and even though we were free, we would, we would be able to travel Mm. pick up the show and travel and that show would like for example uh, go to Rock Hill and Rock Hill would pay us a certain amount of money for the day for doing the show there so they could offer it for free because mm. they would have arts programming and parks recreation money and stuff and that's how we got paid yeah. we did not also by the way when we had an indoor company and that traveling outdoor company neither one of them ever charged a cent for ticket ad- admission ever well yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and if you look at any uh, nonprofit agency that does theater, you know, mm-hmm. but what you were saying, that's sort of the same way, but what you were saying about, <laughs> it's like asking somebody, how was World War II? <laughs> it's like, you, I don't know what my life would be like without, without it. it. Yeah. And if I had to live my life over again, I m- might like to try. <laughs> but it's not a regret. It's yeah. made me who I was. You know, it's very Forrest Gumpy. It's understandable. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, do you actually started out in theater? Right? Yes, uh huh. Mm-hmm. I started out in theater. And then now you now you work in film currently. How long have you been working? I work in, in both. You work in both. Uh huh. I work right. in both. Yeah. I just I I, I have I've directed 126 professional plays, and I directed my last one that I am taking a sabbatical or I quit or a retirement. Mm. Um, a year ago, two years ago, January. Nice. Down in wow. Charleston. Yeah. What what made you want to go into entertainment, the entertainment field in the first place? You know, where did that passion come from in the beginning? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I know it sounds awful, but I'm I'm one of these people that n- never wanted to do anything else. Yeah. And never had never had even a concept that I could. I really didn't have any idea that I could do anything else. Maybe oh. I should have, but um, so far since I was 18 years old, I've never made a dime doing anything that wasn't related to the theater or film. Mm. Well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And now enough. I'm 108, so it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you you just celebrated his 55th birthday um, on 420. Double Happy nickels. Birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 420, everybody. It was yeah. right. <laughs> Same day as Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love how Brian's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I share a birthday with Al Pacino. Oh, well, so I would cool. rather share a birthday yeah. with Pacino than Hitler. <laughs> that is a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> I share a birthday with Ryan O'Neill, who is like, who? What do you mean, who was Ryan O'Neill? Oh, Paper Moon? Ryan O'Neill. Huh? Paper Moon? Exactly oh, right. I mean. Paper Moon. Yes. All right. Who there is we Ryan go. O'Neill? I'm impressed. What? That's like one of the better movies. You didn't say Love Story. That's good. Oh, no, no. No. Paper <laughs> Moon. Yeah. yeah Peter really Bogdanovich. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's a generational gap. Uh, like a triangle of generational gaps. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Soon you, you were playing Marky Mark in the yeah, in the funky and, bunch, and you were doing it with irony. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. That was on my radio for real. <laughs> yeah. so. The yeah. 90s were simpler times. <laughs> yes, they yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> were you listening to like Vanilla Ice back then too? No, no. I actually didn't listen to much of anything. I was in pl- I was in school mm. or working. So I mean, my life was. Uh, uh, pretty much taken over by I, I had no time. Yeah, you don't have time in grad school to listen to music. Yeah, 
What is music? We barely have time now as students. Yeah. You know? like it's just filling up our week. I can't yeah. imagine. So I've gone to I, I've gone to college for ten and a half years. That's a lot of time in college. Yeah, I could be a doctor right now. I could be a good surgeon. <laughs> what, so what kept you in the entertainment field? Because, I mean, after say after 18 and then you made enough money to where you don't have to go sell drugs or sell your body, <laughs> you know? It's like, well, what, I wouldn't say that. You? There's not a lot of money in it. I mean, there is for some people I know, but mm. not, it, it, I've, I've had good, good years and not so good years and everything else in between. Mm. But um, I kind of think maybe I, I just didn't... Um, Something just keeps coming along, you know, mm. something else keeps coming along. Plus, I have aspirations, mm. you know, and I'm trying to focus right now on screenwriting more. Mm. Uh, I, I, I really kind of, it was very funny because I really, that's like the avenue that I haven't been able to really feel in myself that I've said something in. You know, I've acted mm. and I've directed. And when you do that, you're collaborating with people. You have, there's a script. We have a commonality, yeah, you right. know. And so we've got to agree there's a script. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to look at it and we're going to be able to uh, make something from it. So it's a collaborative effort on something there. But when mm -hmm. you write, there is a white computer screen or a, your paper. Yeah. It's a very lonely process. It's a very lo yeah. I love what Tim Robbins, the actor, says about this. Mm -hmm. He says, I don't like writing, but I love having written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that <laughs> yeah. sentiment entirely. Oh, yeah. So Even working uh, my time as a novelist, I used to, like, I, I, wrote, I started writing novels and then I moved into screenplays. Yeah. And that's how I started going into film. Yeah. And even as a, as a novel writer, the feeling that you get from having written 135 pages is incredible. It's incredible. But yeah. to get there, it's, it's like the, it's uh, yeah, awful. It, it, you can truly hurt yourself emotionally by how lonely you get doing mm -hmm. it. But, you know, so I've, I've, and also to me, to focus it down, you know, I've written before and I've written some and I've, we've even, I've come close to having some produced, but I haven't really made it my primary focus. Yeah. So yeah. now I want to do that. So over the years, so you're saying um, you started with theater and then you went to film, but like I said, we stay, we're staying in the entertainment field, but I'm still, is there, is there a love? Did love keep you there or was it mostly the monetary gain? There isn't money. It's not monetary <laughs> gain. No, that, I mean, um, it wouldn't be that. It has up. to be love. Yeah. I mean, I, actually, that's a question I've, I've never, ever thought about that before. Mm -hmm. I've never thought, because to me, it's like, I know it sounds weird, but it's like breathing and eating. It's just wake up one day and, yeah. and you, you, oh, I've got this list. Mm -hmm. And I guess I, I have this list of things I have to do related to film or theater. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow, someone will be scratched off and we go to a different list. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, we were talking about the emails that, you know, I got <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. just beforehand. And, yep. and they're from students and they're from, you know, mm. the biggest problem is teaching. The, the biggest problem. <laughs> no, it really is. The biggest right. problem is teaching because um, it sounds weird, but it happens to anybody, I think, who who spends enough time. Mm. See, you can look at a, a at a CV, you know. Curriculum vitae. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mine is 24 pages long. Mm. But it's because it's supposed to have everything in it. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. But what it means, though, to is like, well, you must have had experience. Yes, mm. I have. Okay. Well, I'm 30 years younger than you. Tell me about your experience. Or mm. I've not been doing this, so tell me your experience. And so that's great. Wonderful. Mm. And then after you get finished the, the teaching element, you're emotionally and creatively kind of exhausted because you've I'll just imagine. spent all that time, you know, gushing. Yeah. So yeah. then you you got to kind of find ways to isolate yourself, mm -hmm. and you want to be able to feed the coming generation because there's stuff that was I was taught that was brilliant mm -hmm. and stuff that standardized teaching that shit and should not be in people's heads, mm -hmm. and it really is useless information, and yet it's going to get people get caught up in that stuff. So you want to be able to go into the 
spectrum and say, you know, yes, my experience, no, my experience. Yes, my, mm. But then by at the end of it, you're like, and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance out the, the aspect of, of, you know, teaching and then actually going to work in film? And That's and what I mean. I haven't yeah. figured it out completely yet. I'm like I say, I'm one of these people that take a day by day issue, yeah. you know, um, you on that one. but I've learned boundaries and no a right. lot. Like tomorrow is going to be an isolated day in my study. And if like one of you called me up or emailed me and said, I need this, mm. I would just put you off for another day or two. <laughs> Thursday, I have to be in Atlanta for a project. Mm. Friday and Saturday, I canceled a, a reunion beach trip with some friends from the Shakespeare Company. Oh. Yeah, yeah, mm. because I'm going to have to work on making a short film that oh. is due on next Wednesday. Mm. Now, that sounds all creatively exciting, but yeah, to yeah. me, it's like, oh, I just I wish mean, I could go to a movie yeah. or go. I'm sure it gets absolutely exhausting after a while. It can. Yeah. But then again, you know, I'm not shoveling shit behind elephants, you know, and I'm not working <laughs> at Walmart, and mm, I, right. you know, so I, I have a lot to be blessed about. Where yeah. does the fulfillment come from? Accomplishment. Accomplishment. Having done, getting it done. And looking at it. And you know what's funny is I never look at my stuff afterwards. You know that now with like cameras and everything, people mm -hmm. tape all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have stuff that I've done 30 years ago. Yeah. You know? And I never look at it. And people have given me CDs of shows that I've directed or <laughs> things, films I've done or something like that. I just don't look at them. Well, yeah. we can just say whatever we want to because he's never going to hear this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we can just say whatever <laughs> right. the fuck. No, you really, I, the other day, though, I put something in. Oh, really? How'd that it go? Was an well, it was an accident because I was going through my hard drives. I, I added more room on my main computer, so mm -hmm. I took, so, hey, I can move that from my hard drives, but mm -hmm. well, where is it? Yeah. So I start plugging in hard drives. Oh, I think it's this. And, I turn it, and you know how QuickTime will automatically grab something and go, mm -hmm. here, we'll play this yeah. for you. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like seeing a sex tape or something. Oh, no, no. I don't want to see that, you know. It really is. It, it was not bad. It was, but when I did it, it, as I was doing it, I was like, "This is just not up to par." They're all up to par. I think I, out of 126 plays, for example, I've done, mm -hmm. I would say about seven of them are worthy. People should be mm. have watched. Okay, hmm. all right. That's a pretty interesting concept. The idea of like having done something and then always coming back to it. It's like. I feel like every time that I look back on something, I, I don't feel like it was good, and I always want to, like, fix it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because, like, I mean, you grow as a person, as you change and whatever, and you do, the, you do the writing or you do the show or you do the, the movie. So you're George Lucas, basically. You just won't let it sit. You're going to tinker with Star Wars until the day uh, you die. Until they hopefully hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just that kind of feeling, the, the feeling of, like, having made something and then coming back into it. Uh, yeah. as like after you've learned the things that you shouldn't have done during that shoot. Yeah, but to me, there's always another project ahead. You know, there's another, there's, there's another thing that I have to get done. And I think also being 55, which is fine. I'm not bitching about mm -hmm. it. One thing it does put you in mind is not like I'm, I don't think I'm going to like kick off tomorrow, mm. right. but there's a different way of measuring the end of the end of the book at 55 than there is when you're at 25 or 35 or 45, and mm. you're like kind of oh I better get this shit done or it's not going to get done, you know. <laughs> yeah. Plus you also think of being 55, you okay? Well, when does it's not death, but it's dotage. Mm. When are you going to be in a position that you can't keep a thought? <laughs> I think we're there. Head. Yeah, I guess we're there now. <laughs> I guess we're entirely there. You know, but um, with, with you saying that you get the fulfillment from accomplishment, what's the difference between accomplishment in cleaning your house, washing your car, and doing a stage play? Or is that all equal for Terror. you? Terror. 
Terror. Yeah. Accomplishment um, over fear. Then. Well, terror of uh, of it having it all. It, there's something that has to originate from my from my perspective of the way I see the world. Mm. A really wonderful person I knew who unfortunately has passed on now. She she had a great way of putting it. She says a, a director is a person and even a writer who creates the at, who puts the atmosphere out for creativity to emerge. And if you think about your life as being the atmosphere, you know, the way you see the world, you know, that stone stuff that people say, you know, well, I looked at green, and could my green be your orange? And could <laughs> I be but you look at the world differently. Everybody does. And to, to, to put yourself out there and say, this is the way I have, I have seen the, the world, humanity. Mm. And I'm just, you don't notice it that way because it's through the couch of the creative act. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's terrifying. And yet at the end of it, if you get this sense that the audience is connecting to you in some respects, you have a grand catharsis. And it, it isn't like you need it, mm. but it certainly it's, it's a great drug. Hmm. And of course, if they, I mean. <laughs> it sounds like acceptance. No. What it sounds like. No, it isn't. It's conversation. Okay. It's not acceptance because it's even, even like, for example, I got a, I directed a play one time and I was due. I was like, I had done like nine or ten really big, beautifully reviewed plays when I, when yes. I would direct like, like this, you know. Yeah. And this one, the review, I remember the headline, Bumgarner presents abortion of play. Wow. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's a fucking headline. <laughs> That's that was the headline of the. Th- of, don't read any further, folks. Yeah. It's got my name in it and the word abortion in the <laughs> same line. I'm and so I sorry. knew the guy. Wow. <laughs> I wrote it. Wow. Was it that bad? At least we know his work. You know, I think I, I, to me it probably was. Mm. I think that he he wanted to. Uh, um, yeah, it probably was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think sometimes you, you need sort of that that kick in the nuts. Yeah, like. yeah, but I do think they also, um, you know, the, <laughs> this guy is not a very good critic. Yeah. No, he doesn't understand his proverbial from his proverbial. You know, he doesn't get it at all. <laughs> so I wish it had come from somebody who could have voiced an opinion, because I think critics are supposed to be there to say, this is the audience, I'm a member of it, and I'm watching what you did, and let me give you feedback. Mm. Right. But this guy is actually, he spends about half of his reviews telling you the plot of the play and it's like, we can understand right. the plot of the play. We know the story. Mm. What about the production that you saw? Because he just doesn't really. I think he truly does write 90% of his review ahead of time and then just fills in a couple of sentences about what he thought. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. a, bit, that's a bit lame. Yeah, that's illiterate. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not, not that cool. Is there, uh, is there any point in uh, any of the jobs that you took in, uh, in theater or film that you were just like, I'm done with this. I'm changing career fields altogether. Get out of entertainment. This fucking sucks. I'm done. No. No, not never. No. I think I wow. think that's what the meaning of like caring about something that you yeah. do. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I also do. think yeah. I have enough. I mean, I got trained in two different fields. Mm-hmm. So right. if I was like just in theater, there mm-hmm. would be a I'm done. Yeah. Right. But if when I finished with like when I finished directing theater, I'm like now I'm going to write movies. Mm. <laughs> and then when I get to a point in my life, I'm like okay, I'm sick of that. I'm going to go back to acting. Mm. You know. So there's there's enough of. I'm curious about enough things 
curiosity. I mean, but before you got the first Masters, you know, you didn't have the film to fall back on. You didn't have even the theater to fall back on. You were still on the path and not exactly sure where the end point was. Oh, I still don't know where the end point is. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, before you have that time, what, there, there wasn't ever anything that you were just like, this is too much. I don't know if I can go on and continue to get this degree and stay in this field. No. Nice. I never, I never, I, I don't understand people who give up on anything. On anything. I don't comprehend it. I, I really don't. Mm. I mean, it's like it's it's, it's a flaw of mine tena mm. tenacity to that is to that respect. Mm. I mean, it really is. It's a huge flaw of mine. I can't. Uh, uh, the idea of saying no to somebody is a flaw because I don't do it mm. very often, and the idea of walking away from something is it's to me that's that's the worst. Abandoning anything. Would you stay in a relationship way longer than it should? Would I or have I? Either question. <laughs> I think the answer is yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. No, no it, you know, I'm very happy in a relationship right now. I've been in for six or seven years. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> and she and I are, are, you know, we're just astounded that we happen to find each other floating in the, you know, the ocean of this, of this strangeness. Yeah. But... I look back, one of my only regrets is, why the fuck did I spend so much time with these other people? Mm. You know? Right. And there are friends that I, I'm like, I mean, honestly, just mm. a few minutes ago, I had to set an appointment with somebody who I would rather never see again in my life. Wow. But I'm <laughs> going to go out there and I'm going to go have a conversation with them mm -hmm. and sit there and nod and smile and like this. And mm. not because I want them for anything or use them for anything, but because I didn't say no. Right mm. now, a lot of times, me not saying no has led me to some really fascinating things. Yeah. Right, so I don't know. Maybe it evens out. I'd, I'd assume so. I would, I would, yeah, I would assume. So well, I, don't know. I, I have uh, a little bit of similar problem with friends and all that too. So many people to keep track of, and then by the end of the day, you're socially exhausted. You don't know what the fuck you're yeah. doing. And I get socially exhausted very quickly. Yeah, same here. I totally understand that. It's 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 kind of like a weird. Like I want to be social, but I'm talk to seven people yeah. already yeah i feel so, bad yeah. that I, I i'm like i'd like to spend time but no you know, <laughs> about this two on two on one mm -hmm. is about the about as much me as i can be mm -hmm. and then if it's one more added i'm teaching oh yeah right all right i mean i'm i'm i have to cook at thanksgiving mm -hmm. and i have to operate the camera because behind <laughs> there there's very few pictures of me yeah yeah. You're always behind the camera. I'm the one who took, takes all the pictures. I mean, yeah. really, when I like kick and they try to find pictures, they're gonna like find four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is yeah. him at seven and at fifty-four, 50? and that's it. <laughs> yeah. He's well, valuable ass pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can really confirm that he was actually at all these family functions between the <laughs> ages of right. seven and fifty. I got yeah. sick <laughs> off his turkey. He made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about like your teaching uh, and teaching about writing specifically and okay. and, and directorial. Uh, when you were coming up as a director, what were some of, like of the greatest things that you learned uh, as a director? Yeah, which which time? Uh, uh, right, you went to school multiple okay, times. Okay, yeah. See, I got <laughs> this. Is the funny thing that happened? Okay, so I went to school to be an actor, mm. right? And then I realized as I uh, as I was going through school for a lot. It's a long story. I'm not going to go with it, but mm -hmm. uh, that that wasn't that I was not free enough in my own self-involvement to mm. be that type of actor. It's not saying the actors have to be self-involved, but you have to dig from there. Yeah. Right. And I started to see when I was like, I, I started this company with the idea of just having this one 
play mm-hmm. that I get to act in so I could just sort of be freed up in it. Yep. But the other people around me were just kind of like, you know, uh, what? what am I supposed to do? And so I was like, you have to do it like this. Mm-hmm. Right. And before you know it, people were saying, can I hire you? You seem like you direct a good play. And suddenly I'm just directing plays. I'm directing like lots and lots of plays. Nice. So the company ended. And I thought, you know, some other things happened personally in my life. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to be a successful theater director because I'm not one of these people who are like that way. I am a film director. Mm. That's what I am. So I applied to 19 different film schools. I got rejected by, I'm going to do this right, 15. Mm. Damn. Right. Damn. (laughs) 15. I mean, I got rejected by the University of Nebraska at Omaha. How do you get rejected by the film school at Omaha? Fuck you, Cornhuskers. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) Uh, Two of them lost my application. Mm. One of them offered me uh, to look at me as a position as an acting teacher in the university. And I only got accepted in one university, which was the university I wanted to go to. How does that happen? Which was USC, and I got the letter on my birthday. So, again, it's like I'm going to go there. So I thought I was going to this conclave of directors. Hey, we're going to – (laughs) no. No. These people – somebody over here had been a cinematographer. This person's been a sound person. Mm. So it was like I'm the person who had more time, more – experience mm. with actors okay and so i sort of fell into this let him direct it mode how did, how did you rationalize that in your head that you applied to all these great film schools and you got into one of the be- better if not the best and got turned down by nebraska how did you rationalize it or are you just like fuck it i'm here you know yeah fuck it i'm here i never <laughs> had gone past the mississippi river in my life yeah. so when i went to film school it was the first moment and i loaded up my car and i turned and looked okay the sun's sitting there i'll go that direction and basically i got there <laughs> but no you know it doesn't make me better or worse or anything it was just going to school and i had already taught college by that time mm. so okay. i said to myself i was never going to be the type of college student that i hated mm. and i uh moved it but I, I don't know what the, I don't know what to tell you about that rationalized. It. I mean, because um, it, it wouldn't make sense to me if I'm going to apply to Juilliard and then mm-hmm. I apply to oh <laughs> a, a Art Institute and then I don't get into Art Institute for some reason, but I get into Juilliard. Like, how do I rationalize that to myself? You know, it wouldn't make sense to me. Well, I know the reason I got into USC, mm-hmm. and I got into USC because they had this really amazing thing at the time where you're supposed to write down a page of the the most important thing that's happened to you in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'm not going to go into why, what it was, because it was pretty traumatizing. Mm. I'm but sorry. I, well, I mean, it was 30 yeah. years ago, so mm. it wasn't, it, I've gotten over it. <laughs> I'm okay now. <laughs> but it, um, so I wrote it, um, but I, what they wanted to see is, are you thinking in terms of shots? Mm. Are you thinking in terms of moments? Or are you thinking like a novelist in a certain sort of, my thoughts were this, oh. or like that? Mm. Whereas they didn't have any, and none of the other places had anything like a narrative it was just an application mm. and i think truly the reason why i didn't get in a lot of those places is that i had a master's degree already mm. and they don't want a professional student ah uh, so yeah. i didn't even get an interview yeah oh wow that was freaky yeah that's a that's weird it was weird it was very weird it was very odd anyway that's cool so uh not, uh you've been teaching for how long now i, I taught my first class uh college when i was 22 Two, so that was 1983, so 33 years. 33 years? That's a long time teaching. Yes. Yeah. I have taught at four, four universities and the Art Institute, and as well as in England and at private places. And I've been teaching my own private um, uh, acting uh, place uh, thing for 19 years. 
Okay. That's on Sundays, yes. Actually, pretty impressive. I almost took 4,500 students have come 4, through. 4,500 students? They've come Damn. through it. Uh-huh. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. A <laughs> lot of people. Including <laughs> a guy named Conrad Rickamora, who just now got to be, he's uh, just been added to the cast of uh, uh, How to Get Away with Murder, and he's on Broadway in The King and I. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who I I, I think it, it was funny because uh, when we first started getting class with you, one of the things that happened the most often is that you mentioned a movie yeah. or something. I'd yeah. be like, oh, I know that movie. I watched a movie as a kid. Suddenly yeah. you'd name five people that worked on the fucking movie. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Where are all these people? I never met anyone that worked at a movie. And suddenly you have someone that knows like fucking yeah. Well, if you're in California, I mean, yeah. the thing about USC, I talked about the ladder. You mm-hmm. know, you're on the ladder. You're on the first rung of the ladder. Mm. So, you know, and I was a student production officer there, which meant that if you were like you're part of the cage here, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. people are going to get cameras that go through you. Yep. Well, I was like the person that if you're going to make a movie at USC, you go through me mm. and everything that had to do with it. You had to go through the student production office. Yeah. So I got to go to all the different studios and had kind of this all-purpose pass thing that you could actually go into Paramount or to Warner's or whatever mm-hmm. and be able to work with what the wardrobe department or the getting the lens or something that you needed. Mm-hmm. And I worked at 20th Century Fox out there. So it was just sort of, you meet people, you know? Right. Yeah. You meet people. Yeah. I was in my office one time. This is dropping a name terribly. Yeah, do it. But the head of the department's name was Woody Omens. And Woody uh, actually was the cinemat- head of the ASC, the Cinematography mm. Union. And uh, he also uh, did, like, History of the World Part 1, the Mill Brooks oh. movie and stuff. Yeah. And, a lot of and he, I was just sitting there doing some work. And he brought this guy in, this older gentleman. He goes, Lon Bumgarner, this is Conrad Hall. And I was like, nice to meet you. Now, you know who Conrad Hall is? I don't. He was a cinematographer, shot Butch Cassidy, the Sundance mm. Kid, The Road to Perdition, Searching for Bobby Fischer. It's mm. like every movie that I just went, that's a beautifully shot film. Connie Hall's name was on it. And here oh. he was shaking my hand, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hey? I'll tell you another drops thing. So mm. one of the people who was one of the undergraduate students mm. um, there his name was Eduardo Ponte. He was with Italy, All Italian. Right. Mm-hmm. He wore scarves, literally like an Italian. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I helped him with the movie. At one time, he brought me in this plate of cookies. He was, my mama should make you some cookies. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm eating these cookies. And he left. And people were like staring at the cookies. And I said, what is it? He goes, do you know who Eduardo's mom is? And no. I said, no, Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren made you cookies. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Damn. <laughs> so you, you just circle through, you know? Yeah, you just yeah. find... It happens all the time. You just kind of meet people along the way. Yeah, you stay long yeah. enough. Sooner or later, you're going to bump... It's like driving. You're in an accident. Sooner or later, you're going to hit a car. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, but, there uh, any, is, is there anything that you could say in your career, I guess I would call it a self-inflicted wound, um, something that you done and you, you fucked it... Not, not fucked your career up, but um, you would have done something differently if you went back and looked at it. About a hundred thousand things. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest one. Oh God, the biggest fuck up I ever did. Um, it might have been being at UNCC. Mm. I'm, I think that that was a uh, that I should have left that one. That's a horrible place. And mm. the, I, the theater department's terrible. Mm. I agree. Yeah, and so <laughs> being there uh, was just it, it still haven't gotten over that yet. <laughs> um, uh, maybe. Being with the Shakespeare Company toward the end was a really hard, hard situation to go. Mm. Working at Fox was not, was not fun, mm. um, awful. There's a couple of reasons why there. Mm. But, yeah, there, you know, 
I don't know a lot of people who who, who look back at their life and they say, well, that was a great experience. Mm. I, I don't hear a lot of great experiences from people who are directors yeah. and writers. They just say that's an experience and you move on. I mean, look at the jobs you've had in your life. Mm. You know, have you ever worked a serving job? I've, I've done a lot of jobs. And the, the one determining factor if it's a good job or a bad job is the people that I'm working with. It's never right. the job that I'm doing. So it's at the, the end, have you missed any of these jobs? Not one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> there's very few jobs. There's, there's very few places I've been that I think that might be good. I don't look in the rearview mirror in my life mm. that much at all. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm in therapy and I, I have to pay somebody to help me with that. Yeah. How I, long have you been in therapy? <laughs> with the same therapist, I mean. With the same therapist? Yeah. 11, 12. 12 years. That's a pretty good record. I time. love her. She doesn't, yeah, she sounds like a terrible therapist. What's going on? <laughs> I'm joking. I, I think people should be in therapy the yeah. way that they, that they should be doing sports in junior high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that, I mean, I believe this. I am yeah. so proud of, of the fact that I see a therapist yeah. and it's way past the time. She's like, why are you coming here? And I mm. said, it, you're kind of my, um, you're my hooker friend. You're a person I pay to be my friend. Like, you should pay for sex like a hooker. I pay for, for your friend. Yeah. And most of the time, we sit and talk about her. And I'm yeah. like, how you doing? What's going on? And, and, and it's just because you can, you can reach a level in there of contain, someone who knows you and contain And it's like, I'm going to check in. Am I you know, going this back and forth? Well, is that really a decision you want to make? Not, you need to make this decision. Yeah. Right. But, you know, need a decision. I think they should make that happen. I think it should be separated from religion. It should be separated from family, and there should be this mentorish person mm-hmm. that's there. And I just I think it's the most healthy thing in the planet. I can agree to that. Don't you go to the doctor for internist every so often? I mean, unfortunately, I have no health insurance. But uh, but when, when I you did, were I did. A kid, yeah. Didn't yeah, you? I sure did. Yeah. They should do the yeah. same thing with your mind that yeah. they do with your body. That would be. I good. agree with that. I. Yeah. I uh, suffered from depression because I was at UNCC and mm-hmm. I felt the motivating. It will that. do it to you. It yeah, will, yeah. It, UNCC kind of fucked me up. It will do it yeah. to you. I was an I was an English major there. Yeah, and it was not a fun time. I no, was writing way it's like writing way too much on this thing. I was like, ugh. I thought I saw you at the meetings. Did you? At the at the I'm depressed from being at UNCC. <laughs> <meeting>. <laughs> yeah, we're all there. I was probably there three or four times <laughs> a week. Hi, it lawn, lawn, lawn. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, for me. It was fucking awful, and it wasn't the people. It was just that I wasn't getting to do the stuff it's, that I wanted. It's also the people. Yeah, it really is. When you get right down to it, it's a terrible place for a lot of different reasons, and it trickles down. And you can start with the chancellor and his overabundant need to make this into something about, uh, you know, buildings and football teams, and then people are rotting in the classroom. You have 300 people shoved in the classroom trying to be taught something. We could go on and on and on and on. Even the parking people suck. Yeah. Mm. It, like know? the chemistry building was fucking falling apart. Oh yeah, like it's fucking chemistry. There's acids. Yeah, and yeah. Shit you think there. about that, yeah. you know? <laughs> think about that. Yeah. Uh, we're almost out of time. Oh, yeah. Damn, that was yeah. fun and fast. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, but before yeah. we kind of go, just because I like to ask every writer, uh, uh, sort of about like, what's the advice for writing that they give other people when they're asked? Write every day. That's Have we heard that before? Write every yeah. day. Oh, You've heard yeah. it before? Every time we ask someone that writes, just do it. Write every, every day. day. One of my favorite things that ever happened to me was that I went to a workshop on writing. The only time I've ever gone to a workshop on writing with one of these people that you pay mm-hmm. money to. And I didn't have to do this because I was actually writing about the workshop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it was all these screenwriters there. It was in a ballroom, and it was probably about, and I'm not exaggerating, about 300 screenwriters. Wow. So this guy was very well known, mm. not as a screenwriter, but as a guy who writes books on screenwriting. Mm. Comes out <laughs> and he goes, okay, so how many people here have a screenplay that they haven't finished yet? And pretty much to the T, everyone raised their hand. 
hand, yeah. and he went, then why the fuck are you here listening to me? And walked off stage. Yeah. And about 10 minutes later, he came back on, and pretty much everybody but about 50 people were still in the audience. Mm. And he goes, good, now I can talk to the people that really, really want to hear this. Mm. And That's awesome. I'm like, God, he took the money out of 250 people's pockets? <laughs> but he really kind of inspired, go out there and write it. Yeah. Plus, I'll mm. tell you one thing else that you should do that's right? very funny, is that you need to learn the craft. Just because you write doesn't mean you're a writer. Mm. You know, some people, just because you love film doesn't mean that you should actually make any. Mm. Mm -hmm. And just because you love theater doesn't mean, sometimes the best, most loving things are the audiences. And I'm trying to say this to people who, every, everybody should be creative. And every, mm. No, nope, nope. no, <laughs> no, they shouldn't. There are some people that really should They should not allow me to cut a person open and take a liver out. And mm -hmm. they should not allow some of those people on a stage or in front of a camera. Yeah. Or by a typewriter, <laughs> or on, or learning a script. I can keep going until you stop me. No, there's, a, there's a lot of yeah. a costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like a pretty shit uh, kind of product out there that just kind of cracks, sneaks along yeah. the lines. And yeah. it's going to get worse because I know we need to go, but yeah. because the the platform for product is so massive it's, now. Yes, it is. That I think I told you they even have a they even have a. Um, channel which shows a show about people in film school trying to make films to show on the channel huh. oh sign me up for that bullshit yeah i mean <laughs> some level of metaphysical bullshit that yeah it's, it's meta 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 <laughs> yeah. but you look at that and you go wow we have nine thousand channels on my uverse mm -hmm. there it is nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine and i really only watch what 30 sure. or they only mm -hmm. have three thousand and half of those are in a different language mm -hmm. of the same thing yep. So you wonder, what are they going to do with all these channels? They're waiting for people to make products. So yep. we're going to right. see, now that you got a camera over there, mm -hmm. just punch and click, as opposed to beforehand, 20 years ago, or 15 years ago even, mm. I had to have film, I had to rent yeah. a camera, there was yeah. no cameras mm -hmm. in Charlotte, ba ba da 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 the cost of entrance is a lot lower now. Yes, and so is the skill set. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who can really, really, that's going to affect a lot of people in a great way who mm. are who really can now hear, hear these voices mm -hmm. over there, but they're not going to learn the craft. They're just going to point and shoot, and that's mm. wonderful, but then it's unwatchable. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, go to a movie, don't make one. <laughs> there, there, there you go, uh, writers, future directors, and... Uh, Everyone else. Ouch, <laughs> that hurts. advice that feels <laughs> kind of like not advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think advice. people should, if you if you can do anything else, do it. Yeah. I love that advice, honestly. Yeah. I tell that to actors all the time. Is there anything else that you can do? Yeah, I can do this. We'll do that instead. Because <laughs> it's a hard, hard life. It's filled with rejection. Mm. Did you see J.K. Rowling put out her rejection letters? No, the other day? She lot. tweeted all of her rejection, or three of them, just mm. to make okay. people feel better, writers feel better. Yeah. There were a lot of them. Yes. Wow. I know a guy in California, he actually would take every rejection, he was a filmmaker, every rejection letter he did, he would varnish it inside of his bathroom. Mm. So as you were in a, your, his bathroom peeing or something, you're looking around and going, no, we don't want you. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that I'm is... like, you're in a meditation of negativity. And he goes, yes, and it's where I shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant idea. I'm probably going to steal that from you. I know. That nice. It's brilliant. That's, I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we got something good. What about what you yeah, think? Yeah, thank you guys. Good. Seriously, Long, thank you so much thank for coming. You, thank you. Thank awesome. You, we thank just you, shook hands for you, anyone that can see thank us. You, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Seriously, appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll be right back with the premieres in a little bit. Yes, yes. I'll catch you guys later. Late. Cheers.
And we're back with the television and movie premieres. Oh, Chris, yeah. do your job as a <laughs> TV premiere guy. I'll do my fucking job, goddammit. <laughs> right, um, the premieres for television, May the 3rd through May the 9th. Uh, Tuesday, May the 3rd, we have Person of Interest coming back. That's uh, 10 p.m. Why does that sound familiar? Uh, it's a J.J. Abrams show. Right. Yeah. It's the uh, the final season. That is it. It uh, premieres at Show's 10 p.m. Ending? That show is ending. A nice. series finale. Yeah. Uh, fifth and How final does, season. Is he directing? Is he producing? I believe he's the executive producer. Executive producer? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So um, I haven't seen a single episode of this show. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck it is. But, but you know, but it's J.J. Abrams. It's on CBS, 10 p.m., Person of Interest. Check it out for the last season. Uh, coming up after that is Wednesday, May the 4th, Marin. 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 Marin comes back? Marin Fucking comes back. Marin? When does that come back? Uh, Wednesday, May the 4th. Wednesday, May the 4th. Premieres Marin. on uh, IFC, 9 p.m. God damn. Hell yeah. Do I have IFC? I gotta get IFC. You better get it. Yeah, I gotta get IFC. Hell yeah. It's fucking mad. That is the one show that has influenced, I think, my writing the most. Marin? Marin. I've watched fucking episodes of that show like two or three times already. Yeah. And they never stop being funny. Yeah. I watched his fucking, I watched his stand-up stinky pain. Yeah. Four times in a week. And I watched them one more later, Mm. two times in a row. He's hit a groove, man. Yeah. Like over the past three years, I feel like he is hitting a groove. Like I'm, I'm all the way on it. It's been I'm on the train. so fucking great. Yeah. And I love the fact that he, he, I, lo- I love his podcast too. And he's yep. just always so honest about shit. Yep. And he's just like an angry Jewish looking guy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Yeah, man. Marin, I fucking, you're not gonna hear this, but I fucking love you. He and listens to the, the podcast. I'm right, he does. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, no, he listens. Marin, if you want to come on the podcast, just send me an email. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll get back to you at some point. Yeah, we'll hit you up. Maybe we have our people hit up your people. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the next show is uh, Thursday, May the fifth. Garfunkel and Oates trying to be special. Is that the blonde lady and the Mikuchi? Yeah, lady? yeah. It's uh, Ricky Lindholm and Kate Mikuchi. Right. Mikuchi. Those, they're fucking great. They're so funny, man. They had the, uh, they have a show on uh, on Netflix. I think they, they're done with it now, though. But it was um, the Garfunkel, Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah. That was the name of their show on uh, Netflix. And now they've got a special that's going to be coming out. So that's, um, and the name of it is Trying to Be Special. It's going to be on Vimeo. Uh, Vimeo? Vimeo. That's yep. not an unusual platform for anything. Yeah, it very much is, yeah. So that's uh that's May the fifth Thursday Garfunkel and Oates. By the way, if you haven't seen anything or heard anything from Garfunkel and Oates, mm. I encourage you to do so. They're really really fucking funny. Very funny. Like YouTube them, watch mm-hmm. the show. Um, Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci are on a television show called Another Period, starring right. um. Drawing a blank now. I can't think of her fucking name, but she's on a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I can't, I can't think of the uh, the lead actress on there, but she's really funny. But um, yeah, they're both on another period. So if you guys want to see them on regular television, that you can see them on that too. Yep. Uh, next after that, what I'm going to be watching is called uh, Millennials Growing Up in the 21st Century. That's a documentary. I'm documentary, assuming. yeah, documentary on the Ovation Channel at 7 p.m. That's that Thursday too, May the 5th. Um, like I said, I just got into the millennial door, like mm-hmm. barely got in the door, you know, so I mean, it's relating to me and the narcissistic aspect of my personality is going to make me watch that. I think it's, I think it's bullshit that millennials get a lot of the shit for being mean? millennials. What do you mean? I, I, it's fucking, we're just, and okay, here's mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. Th- this could be an old fucking, ugh. anyway, 
Mm. Uh, baby boomers had their thing, right? And they were like really successful. Yep. And it was like, hey, we got money. We're not in a recession. Yep. Fuck you. We're doing the housing thing and we're getting the housing. But and then Generation Gen- X fucked us though. Yeah, and then Generation X came along and they were like, all right, we got all the benefits from fucking uh, baby boomers. Baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we are going to artificially drive the price out of the housing market, mm-hmm. cause a housing market crash. Yeah. Uh, employment's going to go up a fucking uh, fuck ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum wage is not going to move up. So yeah. everything's going to get more expensive. You're not going to be able to afford the shit that you're paying. Mm-hmm. And then these fucking cocksuckers expect us to. I said cocksuckers. I'm sorry. What? That's what I said. <laughs> these fucking assholes. I'm going to call them back cocksuckers. Yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they expect <laughs> us to live the <laughs> same way that their generation lived. Right after the trailing success of baby boomers, mm-hmm. when they left us with a fucking economical mess, mm-hmm. and they left us so disillusioned with the job industry yep. that we'd rather spend five years in a fucking film school yep. learning how to direct with the chance that you may not ever get a fucking job. You're yep. going to end up as a sound guy in some place. Yep. Because we don't want to be in an office nine to five because your life fucking sucked, yep. and we don't want our life to fucking suck. Yes. And I'm entitled because I want a better life for myself. Appreciate Because I don't want a kid... At fucking 25 years old, I don't want a white picket fence. Mm. I'd rather live in a fucking apartment in San Francisco. Yes. Like eating ramen because mm-hmm. I get to do something that I enjoy with my fucking life. Fuck and you're you. calling me entitled for that bullshit? No. Get that I'm ass. not going to take it. It's fucking bullshit. Hell no. Every article that I said millennials are bullshit mm. or millennials are like the worst generation, mm. I go back and I look at Generation X like, who the fuck raised us? Yeah. Who the fuck gave us the tools to fuck up so badly? You, got you right. did. You fucked up. Yeah. Not us. We're, we're trying to fix it as best as we can. Yeah. And, like, and, you see, and you see it in, in, in politics. I mean, young people are getting a little bit more involved in politics now. Mm-hmm. We're going because now we found something to believe in. We mm. found something like minimum wage has to go up because they fucked us. We don't want any war anymore. We're yep. we're going we're going back in time to the sixties, like we're doing it in twenty sixteen. It's this. I mean, this um, generation is the most socially aware generation since the sixties. Yeah, because we're tired of the fucking bullshit. But it's also the most self-absorbed generation, maybe I agree. ever. I agree. <laughs> you know. But I think that that's, a, that's because we sort of, we have to be. Mm. Because we're constantly being put down. Yeah. We're constantly being told to shut up. Mm-hmm. We're constantly told that we're not good enough for whatever the previous generation left behind. Mm-hmm. And the narcissism is a result to defend against that. Yeah. If you tell someone they're not good enough, that they're going to give up and cry or they're going to stand up and say, fuck you. Yeah, and they're going to have just that... Um that braggadocious, um, just even even more confidence. Um, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A false confidence, a bravado. You yeah. know, they're still going to have that bravado, you know, that we're carrying on just to overcome being shit on at right. every step. We've you know? been shit on since before we were fucking born. Yeah. Because we were born in a time of, like, economic inequality. We yeah. were born in a time of, like, well, the wage gaps are insane. Where 99% of the people don't have 99% of the fucking wealth. Yep. What the fuck do you expect us to do with this? We can't all work at fucking McDonald's. Mm-mm. We want a better fucking life. Stop you for calling us entitled for wanting that. Yeah. It's bullshit. Sorry I got political, but goddamn. Man, you preaching that shit, man. <laughs> shit. Fuck. No, that's real. That is all the way real. Anyway, so. what's, what's next? Uh, next <laughs> <laughs> the next thing is, uh, so millennials, that's uh, Thursday, May the 5th. Uh, g- growing up in the 21st century. Uh, that's on the Ovation Channel at 7 p.m. Nice. Uh, next thing is uh, Saturday, May the 7th. Uh, the title is The Real MVP, uh, the Wanda Durant story on Lifetime at 8 p.m. The only Wanda reason Durant? Is, hmm? Wanda Durant? Wanda Durant, yeah. The only reason I even brought this up at all is um, Kevin Durant. 
he uh, won the MVP in basketball three years ago. Right. And uh, he's famous for um, the meme, the you're the real MVP. And it right, just shows him, him crying. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So um, it's just a story about his mom, the real MVP, who is um, the behind the, the scenes, the person that propelled that five-year-old, that six-year-old, seven-year-old, all the way into this, his 25-year-old self to become one of the greatest basketball players in the history of basketball. Nice. You know, and it's just showing the story of that woman. So – I do want to see that. That's that's it for the uh, television premieres. Movie premieres. We got one big movie and we got one big movie only. Which um, let me let me try. Let me. We got uh, one movie. I'm fucking. Captain America: Civil War. That's right. May Good the old Captain. I don't give a shit about that movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nice. And I don't give a shit about it. Not because the movie is going to be inherently bad. All those mm. movies are pretty good. Yeah. But they're just bland and they forced, they shoved four trailers on my throat. Yep. And five movie clips about fucking Spider-Man fighting for Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Or Tony Stark lighting up the fucking Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Just let me watch two trailers and go to the fucking movie and decide if it's a good movie. Yeah. I know exactly what's going to happen in the fucking movie. Sure do. Haven't even got it. It hasn't even come out yet. Nope. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Can you think, uh, it, this is my beef with trailers. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm apparently ranty today. Mm. Here's my beef with trailers, right? Uh, people were asking for a Spider-Man to be in the Avengers for fucking ages, yep. right? Mm-hmm. They've been in the comics. People wanted Spider-Man to be in the Avengers. Yep. But then uh, the studio that's making the people in charge of the marketing for Civil War mm-hmm. just said, oh, by the way, Spider-Man's going to be in the movie for 30 minutes. Yeah. I was like, yep, just blew our load with that one. Sure How did. fucking mind-blowing would it have been if you <laughs> want to see fucking Captain America Civil War and you're expected to see Tony Stark punching Captain America mm. and suddenly Spider-Man comes on and it's like, fuck you, motherfuckers, I'm yeah. Spider-Man. How amazing would that have been? I mean, they're trying to get their upfront money because, like, my girlfriend loves Spider-Man and she wasn't going to go see the Civil War. But then they say Spider-Man is going to be in it and now she's going to go see that, that shit fest. Yeah, yeah and reason. like I know that it makes would, money. Yeah. And it pisses me off that that's the reason why it makes money. Yeah. Because like the movie should be a good movie. It should. Regardless of who the fuck is in it. It should. <laughs> I want to see, if I wanted to see Tony Stark punch mm-hmm. Captain America, mm-hmm. I'm going to get that. But I don't, I don't, I just don't want to know mm-hmm. the mind blowingness of a movie before the fucking movie comes out. I don't either. I knew exactly, I know exactly what happens in Batman versus Superman. Yep. Haven't even seen the fucking movie. Not going to see it. Not just see it. trailers are way. bullshit and that kind of marketing it just exhausts you with yeah. fucking media and content all around mm-hmm. so by the time that you get to watch the movie you're like ah, i've seen most of this yeah i don't need to see it anymore yeah now i don't need to see it and i'm fucking tired of it you know what movie did it perfectly 10 cloverfield lane oh yeah i didn't see that movie though, the, marketing, the trailer was really good though yeah the marketing for that movie was mm-hmm. amazing yeah still don't know what it's about i i watched it and i'm kind of like all right what the fuck did that mean yeah okay <laughs> uh for like the, as a franchise as a whole, it did amazing. It released one trailer, mm. and I said, all right, fuck you. Now you got to watch a movie if you want to know what this is about. Yeah. And then uh, the other movie, Deadpool, yeah. which had a lot of marketing, oh, yeah. but never about the plot of the movie. Nope. It was always Deadpool breaking the fourth wall straight to the audience. Yeah. And which, again, filled with the character, and it didn't blow its fucking load. Nope. Not to the I end. I fucking hate trailers. Yeah. Now, I, I stopped giving a shit about any other sort of Marvel universe after Avengers 1. Mm. Uh, Iron Man is still my favorite Avengers, like uh, the first Iron Man, the one. first Marvel yep. Universe movie. Yeah, because it did everything right. It, it hit did. all the humor right. It did the characters it right. Hit. The marketing was perfect. Yep. I had no issue with that movie. Me neither. 
But then they started, movies are becoming build-ups to other movies that are build-ups to other movies that are build-ups to other movies. Mm -hmm. And you get a flat round of characters. You get a flat action sequence at the end of the movie. Yep. And you get people that you know are not going to die because they got contracts all the way to 2025. 20, yeah. So where's the fucking danger in the characters that I'm supposed to care about? No danger. You're essentially going to watch a movie to watch glorified, gorgeous people punch each other in the face for an hour and a half. And I'm fucking done with it. I mean, that's I, I, I stopped with the um, the X-Men. As soon as, it, right. when it got to the point to where all I had to do was look to see who's in the movie and see how much they're being paid, and now I know the movie. You right. know, I forget which X-Men movie it was, but I seen how much money Jack uh, Hugh Jackman was getting paid and how much money Jennifer Lawrence was getting paid. So I'm like, all right, so there's going to be a whole lot of them Wolverine. There's going to um, be a lot of Hugh and, and a lot less of yeah. Jennifer. It's going to be Mystique and fucking Wolverine all through the movie. These yeah. are the two highest paid act actors, and sure enough, that's all you got in, in the movie. Lots of fucking Mystique and Wolverine. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'll, I'll, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have an ensemble cast, like the um, what DC's doing with right. this, uh, with the Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. If you have an ensemble, that then, marketing yeah. has been done pretty, pretty correctly, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. they've shown me three trailers maybe, yeah. and yeah. they've all been unique and interesting. And it's not like I mean, Will Smith is the biggest name in the movie, right. but it's not a Will Smith movie, and they're not yeah. advertising it like that either. They're not saying, "Oh, if you like Will Smith, you should come see this movie." Right? You know, it's like I'm I'm down for that movie. That's that's the biggest movie on my radar right now. In fact, the biggest the biggest like fucking mind breaker mm -hmm. of that movie is the Joker, is Jared Leto. Yeah, and they've shown. Like very, very, very snippets. little. They show like the little. same snippets over and over. Right. I love it. I was it. like, oh, this is going to hurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck, I want to see Jared Leto as a Joker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, that's how you keep a people interested. You yeah. show them what they want to see. Mm -hmm. And then you go like, nope, you got to yep, pay me. Take it away. You, you got to pay me. Yep. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do marketing. And yep. I, I'm fucking, I'm done with Marvel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go see the fucking movie because mm -hmm. it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And it's a good action flick and I can turn my mind off and watch it. But I don't give a shit about Bucky. I don't give a shit about Captain. Mm. Scarlet's the only one that I kind of give a shit about. That's the only one and I then care maybe about. Bruce, mm. the, maybe Bruce Banner, the the zucchini hider. Mark, Mark Ruffalo is he still playing? Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. So then, mm. so those are the only and Tony Stark because I just love seeing Robert Downey Jr. be I'm Robert Downey Jr. I, I like it's it's the it's worn off on me now. The Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it's, it's worn off. Like I'm I've moved on. My new man crush is Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt? Yeah. I can see that. I can <laughs> yeah. respect that. Oh, yeah. I'm all over that. I haven't seen a lot of Chris Pratt yet. That's probably why Parks I'm still on, on Chris Pratt. Yeah, I didn't see Park and I didn't watch Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. That was really good. You, you watch, uh, no, Guardians. Yeah, you've seen Guardians. That, seen Guardians. That was yeah. the big thing. I loved Guardians. Did you see um, the Jurassic Park movie? No, I have not. He was in the A-star in that, too. Yeah. yeah. And I know he did a pretty good job, but that movie was apparently not that great. What? I mean, uh, I've heard it's, it's been split 50-50 I mean, me. critic reviews, like as far as like people that you'll see that actually seen it is mm -hmm. one thing. And then looking at how much money that it brought in is another thing. Like, Well, here's know. the thing. A movie like Jurassic Park is going to bring in a Worldwide. lot of money regardless if it's good or not. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have people that are going to watch it mm -hmm. because it's Jurassic Park. Right? Well, the, yeah. way to, the way to tell if this movie was good enough or mm -hmm. not is when the sequel comes out, mm -hmm. how many people go watch that sequel. That's kind. Of, that's how you can tell where this well, movie did extremely well. It's it's hard for me to like. I can only say something is good when I've seen it. So even if the next movie comes out, is mm. I'm just judging off success. Right. You know. I mean, it was a hugely successful movie, and some people liked it, some people didn't. But there will definitely be a Jurassic Part Two. Yeah. You know. So I mean. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even Jurassic Park anymore. It's just Jurassic World. So. I don't know. Yeah. I I I mean, it's interesting. I still gotta I gotta catch up on a lot of movies. Mm. 
I gotta catch up on Danish Girl, fucking uh, Spotlight, The Big Short. Mm. All of those like really good movies that came out in 2015, 2016. Yeah. I gotta catch up on them. Oh, real quick, because we're yeah. at like the 15 minute mark. I seen the best romantic movie in my entire life yesterday. Which one? It's called uh, Echo Park. Echo Park? I haven't seen it. I, j- I, didn't, I knew nothing about it. I knew none of the actors. It was on Netflix, and I just pushed play. Nice. And I sat there, and I watched it for like almost two hours to till, till the end. And it, I, just, I, just, I just wanted to make a point because I'm, I don't like romance movies. I right. can't even think of a single romantic movie, not romantic comedy, not romantic drama, like pure romance, romance that I like. Not one ever, <laughs> ever. You know, and this right here, Echo Park, highly encourage anyone to watch Echo Park. It's so good. I'll and probably go check it out. It's yeah. And oh, we're yeah. trying in another romance movie that I really that we really really like because mm. I also hate romance because mm. fuck romance. Yeah. Uh, Blue's the warmest color. On oh, Netflix too. that's a French movie, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. French movie with the the blue haired mm-hmm. uh, lady. Yeah. Uh, movie is fucking good. Wow, pure romance. It's good. It's pretty. Well, it deals with LGBT issues and like fucking like, oh, is being gay okay and that kind uh, of shit. Uh. But it does that on the guise of romance. Yeah. And yeah. It, it does it extremely well. And it, I mean, it's really good. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, really as long as it's not like uh, the subgenre is comedy or the subgenre yeah. is like, thrill, you know, it's like, yeah, it sounds like a romance. Yeah. It's a, it's a lesbian romance. I think that's what it's classified on Netflix. Nice. By the way, if you want a really good, actually, pro tip, really good romance movies. Mm-hmm. Never go to like the straight romance. Go to the gay romance. Oh yeah, they have that shit on fucking lock. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. I I've been I share a Netflix account with my friend, mm. and she she had she had one one show where two of the characters were gay, mm. and their relationship was really fun in the show. Yeah. And so, but one of the characters died, mm. <laughs> and so she was like super bummed out. Yeah. So she just watched like a week. So she said she was gonna watch one gay romance film. Yeah. For a week straight. And so we share the Netflix account. Yeah. So every time I saw a new gay movie, yeah. and they were fucking good. Most of the time, they were fucking, they I were mean, fucking yeah, awesome. I mean, if, if, if romantic comedy, I'll watch any. Yeah. Ro- I'll, that's one of my favorite genres, romantic comedy. But if, it's no, if there's no funny and there's no um, comic relief, like none of that, then it's hard for me to yeah. watch it. You know, but I'll give so it So can't watch The Notebook. Fuck The Notebook. No, I can't do I've, I've seen it and I don't like it. P.S. Yeah. I Love You, seen it, don't like it. Walk to Remember, eh. Seen it, don't like it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's no, like, I need the romantic comedy. Were all of those uh, Nicholas Sparks? I don't know. I think P.S. I love. Sure. Yep, Nicholas Sparks. All of them Nicholas were Sparks. Nicholas Sparks. Nice. And I think what we're trying to say is, fuck you, Nicholas Sparks. Stop making books and movies. Mm, maybe so. <laughs> uh, we're kidding. Anyway, uh, we're out of time. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you guys for watching. It's been awesome. Seriously, 14 episodes. I know it seems very little, but uh, for us, it's, it's kind of a long time. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like a long time for us. Uh, so thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed the little chat that we had with Lon. Uh, hopefully, eventually we can get him for a lot longer. Uh, today was just kind of a school day, and it's the middle of the week, and all oh, that shit. Oh, he'll he'll never be on the podcast. He'll never again. be on the podcast. He'll again. never be on this damn I, podcast again. I think Chris just likes doing one-time guests. Hell yeah! It's like never see him again. You've done the podcast. Fuck you! You're dead yes, to me. Yes, you are dead <laughs> to me now. Hell yeah! Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching and. Have a fun fucking night. I don't know. I'm bad at outros. Uh, how about we uh, play some music? <laughs> <laughs> later, guys. Catch you guys later.